I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth and I'm with Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking to you about a hole in my heart. And there's a very important reason as to why we say that. And we'll get to that into a minute. But we're really going to be looking at the worst kinds of attachment trauma you could possibly have. Yes. The most extreme types of attachment trauma. Um, of course, there's abuse, but there's something that's maybe even more painful than that. And I think it's very surprising to people too. Mm -hmm. uh, and that is being adopted, being given away for adoption. Yeah. I think that's really important for a lot of people out there because many of you have a spouse or an ex that was adopted and you don't realize the impact it has had on them right. and their inability to attach or to trust. Right. So we're really going to talk about that today and help you understand it. And what do you do to help them? Uh, or you might be adopted yourself. And I hope this is helpful to you if that's the case. Mm -hmm. um, but I have had many adoptees tell me that they feel like they have a constant and forever hole in their heart because they were separated from their birth mother at birth and have never had contact since. Wow. It's more stunning than you can even imagine until you try to put yourself in their position. Um, most of the American public, I think, thinks adoption is a wonderful institution because it puts kids who need homes into the homes of loving couples who want them. Mm -hmm. And that certainly does happen, but that is by no means the whole story. And one wonders if, for example, a baby is given to their new adoptive family at birth as soon as they're born, won't it be just like normal and just like anybody else? And I hate to tell you that the answer is no. Now, could you maybe give everybody a little bit of understanding about your background? so? They understand how much experience you have with adoption? Well, I have 35 years of experience. Much of it I did in child welfare that had to do with kids being placed in foster parent, in foster homes, being placed for adoption, and being helped along, at least in the beginning of the adoption. And as an adult therapist, which I've done for the past 20 years, I have worked with many adoptees. Mm -hmm. And there are many variations on the theme. Um, some people are adopted at birth, get back to their mother at a different time in their lives, but it all has to do with separation between mother and child. And there's a lot of, you know, hurt and anger and sadness that goes along with that. And I don't think people in general understand any that. understanding of that. They think, well, they were adopted when they were a year old. They were only a year old. Right. Why would they be this way? Because there are a couple of ways you can come into the adoption system. One is there are private adoptions that just go through a lawyer, and we don't hear of you probably. Mm -hmm. But if you go into the child abuse rescue system, um, if you are abused or neglected and removed from your family, then we're talking all, all kinds of trauma. 
we're talking about the trauma of being separated from mom at birth, mm -hmm. of not getting back with her, possibly of multiple placements. And I've heard people say to me, well, the baby won't remember. The baby does remember. Babies are much smarter than we ever used to give them credit for. And they certainly feel emotionally because that's their tie to their mother and the world. And no adoptive mother smells like the mother who carried you for nine months, whose voice you heard from fairly early on in the pregnancy. So there is a level of attachment when a baby is born. And people are going to have a hard time, I think, understanding really understanding that. Yeah. that yeah. Because they think, well, how does a baby remember? The baby doesn't remember. The baby does remember. Sometimes in the cells of their body. And there are pre-verbal memories that people have. We don't have words for them, so we don't have regular dreams about them. But we can have wordless dreams about them. I've known more than one trauma survivor who has been able to picture the bars of the crib they were in. Mm-hmm. Okay? And the obvious problem for adoptees is, why did my parents give me away? Because that never, ever stops being the central issue in their lives. Absolutely. That is huge. And I've That's talked huge. to people like that, too. That's huge. Yeah. Where they're like, I've had situations where someone was given up, but the siblings weren't. Yes. And if, that's, if that happens, I've never seen such anger in my life, and who blames them? You kept them, but got rid of me. But I talked to somebody me. recently that yes. was going through yes. that. Yes, I know two people currently who are going through that. And from the parents' point of view, sometimes there are very understandable reasons. But if you're the person who was given up, the question is, was I not lovable enough? Was I not cute enough? Was there something about me where I was not worthy? Why did they give me up? Mm -hmm. they, and they think it's something's wrong with they them. They think that something's wrong with them, and it's very difficult by any means um, to help people get rid of that sense that there's something wrong with them, because mm -hmm. their very existence was not welcome. It's, it's incredibly powerful. Incredibly powerful, right. Um, and I hear lots of people say, well, babies forget about all that. No, they don't. And you get recurrent depressions. Uh, sometimes the person isn't even aware of it. And many other symptoms, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit further. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, it's really important to understand that if somebody has that kind of massive attachment trauma, yeah. they're given away, yeah. they're given up, it is incredibly painful and incredibly hard to attach to anybody else. Right. And their level of anxiety is often just outrageous. And it's the ultimate separation anxiety. Separation from loved ones makes all of us nervous at any age and under any circumstances. But if you have lost your, not only your mother, but your source of survival, you're not, you're not sure you're going to be fed or any of your needs are going to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. The other tragedy in this whole picture is the adoptive parents who anxiously await this baby or these babies, who by the time they get them usually are not babies, mm -hmm. by the time the parents' rights are respected and the process goes through it. And they often get very angry children. And the more, off, the more they try to take care of them and love them, the more the kids push them away, saying somewhere in their little souls, you're not my mother. So there were many, many casualties of this system. But if you are, if you are, with an adopted person, 
you need to listen very, very carefully to what they have to say about their lives and how it went. Mm -hmm. And resist the wish to say, you know, that must be over with them by now. We can move on. No. Mm -hmm. um, and you would be, if you're in a serious relationship with somebody, their primary ally in healing. Yeah. Which would be incredibly hard to do. It can be done. Um, I'm, I have great faith in what can be done if people are willing to, to work at it. If you have someone you really love and you're willing to go on this journey with them, um, you can have a relationship with them that heals some of the damage that was done. And very prominent now, you find people wanting to search for their parents. Mm -hmm. um, and that can well, who be... Who wouldn't want to, you know? Right. That's, that's a part of who you are. Right. You're wondering who you are. Sure. And particularly when you hit adolescence, one of the major tasks of adolescence is to figure out your identity, and you have no place to go if you're adopted. I've had numerous people say to me, I don't know what nationality I am. I have absolutely no idea. Yeah, I have to. Uh, if I walked by my mother on the street, I wouldn't know it. Um, and most kids dream about who they were born to originally. Mm -hmm. And there's a wonderful writer out there on adoption named Betty Jean Lifton, L-I-F-T-O-N. And she writes a book called Journey of the Adopted Self. Mm -hmm. Best thing I've ever read on the topic. But she describes that adopted kids, even if they're settled in a foster home and doing okay, ask, ask about their origins and usually get a very anxiety-ridden answer from parents. So they learn very, very quickly that this is not a topic to be talked about. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean the adopted child doesn't love them. It just means they wonder. Well, who, how can they not? Yeah. Um, maybe I was born to a king and queen somewhere. Maybe they'll come back to get me. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Do you think that the adopted parent doesn't want to tell them because they're afraid they will leave? The child will leave to go be with the yes, other parent? Yes, and it's difficult. Um, we're here. We're perfectly good parents. Why are you so interested in those other ones who already did something horrible to you? Yeah. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because I need to know who I am. And that's a really major need for people. Yes, absolutely. It's a major need. But Betty Jean Lifton talks about the ghost kingdom, where the child goes to kind of dream and think about all that. In other words, fantasize about yeah. who my parents yeah. were, yeah. where am I from. When will they look for me? Right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I don't think, excuse me, that as a field we've had great understanding of that. Mm -hmm. We have simply wanted to see adoption as a wonderful institution, and I'm not saying it's not. But we offer very little help to foster parents who discover that they have very angry kids. And therapists tend to do behavioral work with them, like you can't kick the teacher. Um, more than helping them to grieve, which is the reality. They have to grieve the family of origin they didn't have. And I once used to work with an adopted mother who took two of her adopted children um, for therapy and told the person who interviewed them that they were interested in having someone help the children with the grief. And the person said, but nobody died, why would they be grieving? No concept at all of the losses this poor person has had. Unbelievable. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, you're sitting there thinking, well, how does this affect my relationship, right. how does this affect my breakup, right. everything. 
every it affects absolutely everything and certainly everything connected with relationship and the heart because remember there is constantly a hole in the heart according to many adoptees you've heard that a lot I've heard that a lot I've heard it from kids um, kids as young as eight from adolescents and from adults Wow and from adults and you have to remember that so much of what we teach is about attachment and our ability to attach and you know if you can't attach to somebody then walking away is not really that difficult right. not as difficult as it is for somebody that certainly loves you and attaches to you right. and feels that warmth with you well if you've never gotten close to anybody you're not gonna let them very close to you it can be very difficult so yeah. we'll talk about the extremes first um, somebody who's been you know terribly traumatized in that first year um, certainly wants a relationship when they grow up. They couldn't be anything they'd want more. However, they've never had it. They don't know how to do it, and they're scared. And they're scared because the first and most relation, most important relationship in all of our lives didn't happen. So if you're in, in a relationship with someone like that, don't despair because they're adopted, but be aware that it may take a little extra care. When you try to be good to these people, some of the time their first response is, what do you want from me if you're going to be good to me? Or if you're going to be good to me and I'm really going to like you a lot, how do I know you won't leave me? Mm -hmm. Hopefully the adoptee will be able to say that. Mm -hmm. um, and then, of course, there are variations on this theme. There are some people who do very well in the beginning of a, of a relationship because the relationship is a little distant at that point. But when they get, a get to a certain amount of closeness, it becomes very frightening. And they feel like they're going to be either abandoned or smothered, and they will run. Mm -hmm. um, and you work very, very slowly with people who've had an attachment trauma. Um, I remember another time when someone transferred me a case that they had had and they had been working on. And I picked up the case, and when I talked to the woman, she said, and by the way, I'm adopted. I said, oh, have you worked on that? She said, no, none of my other therapists thought it was important. So I'm very happy to be able to talk to people about this today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would like more people to understand. And in time, she was able to find her family, uh, who live in the Midwest, she managed to do it by, she knew her maiden name, which was wonderfully helpful. And she managed to do it by death notices. And she managed to find both her maternal and paternal side mm -hmm. to meet them and to get the story. What a, she was very fortunate and what a huge help to her that was. And her husband stayed right by her side. That worked out about as well as it can. So let's say that somebody was dating someone. Yep and they broke up with that person mm -hmm. and you you know now they're hearing for the first time well, the adoption has had a huge impact on that what does the person do because they have to respect that the person has walked away from the relationship yes it is very difficult but sometimes i think it will help them view things a little differently it's not you for one thing I'm not walking away simply to get away from you. Mm -hmm. I have all kinds of, kinds of other problems attached to this. Mm -hmm. And that would be good to understand because so many people feel like it's their fault always and what did I do? Mm -hmm. If you walk away from a, an adoptee, you know what they say, oh, here we go again. 
yeah. um, if they get left in a relationship. But I think to understand that makes a big difference. And for the adoptee, it makes a world of difference. Do you think that there are more diagnoses from adopted people than others, like uh, maybe borderline personality disorder, or is there certain patterns that you saw more often in the adopted area? Well, I think personality disorders are very common in the area of adoption. A personality disorder, although we have many long complicated explanations, is really an attachment disorder of some description. Mm -hmm. um, you have difficult difficulty in relationships. You may want to get too close, you may want to get too far away, you may want to change your mind every 20 minutes who you're going to be with. Mm -hmm. um, you can be totally entranced with yourself and want positive feedback from your partner whether you deserve it or not. There are all kinds of attachment related difficulties that we can get into in relationships. But I'm always optimistic that if you get you know, the right partner and sometimes the right therapist, uh, many things can be overcome. Yeah. And how it's so unbelievably shocking for an adoptee to be told, yes, that is an issue, of course. I'm so sorry, I know you've been through a lot. Mm -hmm. they, they're usually used to saying, oh, isn't that wonderful that you were adopted? And I'm sure they were wonderful parents. Well, maybe they were, maybe they weren't. but. Um, but to say, I know about your grief, is a whole different message. Okay. Um, one of the things that might be helpful is to kind of understand a little bit of the history on bonding. Okay. We knew very little about bonding uh, up until uh, really the 1950s. Ancient history, I understand. Um, but we thought that babies didn't know much about what was going on when they were born that they were totally oblivious for the first few years of their lives and we have turned out to understand that that is absolutely not true. Babies mm -hmm. are aware from the minute they were born and before. Um, they know who's holding them, they know who's talking to them, etc., etc. But much of the research was done in the late 40s and early 50s, mostly in Europe. A great deal of it in Hungary, in case you wanted to know. And one of the things that brought this to the collective mind about 20 years ago, I would say, there was the case of the Romanian orphans, which if you ever listened to the news you heard about, a bunch of kids were taken from, I guess, a pretty bleak orphanage where many of them had been all their lives. And they got little interaction with people and very little stimulation at all at any age. And when they were brought to the United States and people wanted to adopt them, they were totally unadoptable because they could not attach. They would, at the extreme, sit in the corner of their crib and rock. Some of them were angry, some of them were just dazed, and some, are what you, some were what you call disorganized attachment that looks like ADHD. And that's a lot of what happens to kids in the adoption system. They'll get adopted, the parents will begin to have all kinds of behavior problems with them that look like ADHD, and underneath it, it may be the result of a disorganized attachment style. Now, I'm glad you brought that up, because yeah. people have been asking me for a video on understanding disorganized attachment. We haven't tackled yet, because I've been so focused on helping everybody try and understand the anxious and the right. secure and the avoidant, because it's so overwhelming, you know what I mean? Nobody's even heard of this stuff before. You guys probably hadn't ever heard those terms before until now you're going through the breakup, and so it's overwhelming. So here we talk, 
a little bit about that, okay? Sure. Um, disorganized attachment. How do you know someone has a disorganized attachment? Oh, believe me, you'll know very quickly. <laughs> um, disorganized attachment kids are usually very, very active and oftentimes very, very angry. Um, and they'll hit their sister with their toy and they'll, you know, run around the house all the time and they'll punch other kids and they'll do all sorts of things. And the next thing is they'll walk up to a perfect stranger and say, nobody loves me, can I go home with you? What does it mean to be disorganized? What does that mean? It means that you, when you look at the world, you don't see anything that looks reasonable, logical, or recurring. In other words, each day is just a series of events. Most of them in your life have been not good. So you do the best you can to kind of live from moment to moment. But if you see a shiny object over there, or you get upset or you feel like somebody yelled at you and you're not loved at all anymore, you can have one terrific temper tantrum. It takes an enormous amount of structure to help a child with disorganized attachment disorder. In other words, you have to be willing to, to have clear limits day in, day out, um, not be put off by the temper tantrums, explain to the child when they can hear it that, that it's not their fault, that they were born into circumstances that made this happen to them, and it can be done, but it is enormously hard. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, parents are human beings, and say, you know, I'm doing everything for you, I, tw I spend 24-7 dealing with you and your temper tantrums, I have to go to school every five minutes because of your behavior, it's not, and we don't warn the adoptive parents. How would they maybe be misdiagnosed? How would somebody be misdiagnosed? Because it's when you go to a psychiatrist or a therapist, yeah. they don't say you have a disorganized attachment, right? That's not in the DSM-4, is it? Well, no, not, not formally, no, <laughs> that's not, that's right. Um, attachment disorder certainly is, but I don't know that people think so much to look at it in adults. But if you see a series of uh, very dysfunctional relationships, somebody might come up with attachment disorder mm -hmm. or might call you codependent. Mm -hmm. Codependent, I think, is a very, and that's not a diagnosis either, um, but it's, it means a person who attaches to someone else and just spends their whole life attached to them and taking care of them and losing any sense of their self. Um, the joke about that is that if you ask a codependent person how, how they are, they tell you how their spouse is, you know. Um, so that's certainly one outcome too. But if you have a disorganizedly attached child, usually it's diagnosed as um, attention deficit and they're treated behaviorally, which is helpful, but you cannot ignore the grief, mm -hmm. okay? And if you sit with a child um, with an attachment disorder and a few stuffed animals, you know how things are without you even doing very much. What would they do? Play therapy is wonderful with them. If you're a play therapist, which I never was, but I dabbled periodically and supervised people who were, they tell you to have several families of animals. You know, the giraffe family, the bear family, the shark family, whoever you need for this particular kid. Mm -hmm. And if you sit with the kid um, in benevolent silence, I will call it, or after some conversation, they will usually arrange the members of that animal family in a way that is meaningful to them, either what they came from or what they hope to go to. And if you're dealing with adopted kids, I was advised by a wise old therapist one time, be sure you have a couple of police cars 
Yeah, and some handcuffs. I remember you telling me years ago right. to get those toys. Yep. Yeah, because kids will let you know. And play therapy can be absolutely wonderful for adopted kids. And sometimes adopted parents who don't understand, and nobody has educated them in this, will say, well, I don't want him just coming here and having a good time. He's got to learn what he has to do. But he has to come here. See, he's never, ever had even a good minute, never mind a good time. And he has to have some of that before we can get him. And the reason kids do anything for us is because they want to make us happy. So if we can get to the point where he wants to make me happy, you happy, ultimately you happy, then maybe we'll make some progress. But he's going to need some animal families first. So, okay. I think that a lot of people that have come across my channel are convinced that their partner has a disorganized attachment. Really? And, you know, I think that the chances of that are probably less than what is really believed to be out there because they start to do a little research and they're like, I think they're disorganized. Well, what do you think the percentage of human beings, out of 100%, what percentage would you say is disorganized? 15 or 20. You even think it's that high? Yeah, 15 or 20. Um, when you look at, if you look at child psychotherapy that you know a whole lot about, how many wild little kids are there? Mm -hmm. Right? I wouldn't even have thought it was that high though. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, supposedly the research is that six, what do we saw it, 65% of adults are securely attached? Are securely attached. I'm not buying that. I'd be very happy if I was, if I thought that was true. But I'll tell you where else I saw a disorganized attachment disorder when I worked was in the prison system. Every single guy in there would say, I was hyperactive. I don't think we had ADHD then. I was hyperactive. I gave my mother a hard time. I couldn't make it in school. I dropped out in the third grade and began robbing neighborhood homes, but many, many of those men were terribly, terribly attachment disordered, mm -hmm. and no one had ever, ever asked them about it. Could you maybe explain some of the symptoms you would see if somebody's a disorganized adult? Well, if you're a disorganized adult criminal, um, you know, you can do just about anything to anybody and it doesn't really phase you much because you've never attached. If you've never attached, never really loved anybody else, been able to attach to anybody else, then it's hard for you to feel how the guy you steal the car from is going to feel. Mm -hmm. So it makes it much easier to, to commit crimes. Um, and it would make it very easy to walk away from a relationship. Um, or cheat. Or cheat, because what difference would it make? This person doesn't really love me anyway. Nobody ever did, ever has. So what? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it, at its absolute worst, it, it makes people really pretty in, incapable of empathy. Mm -hmm. But that's an even smaller number. Um, but if most people have had one good, warm, loving attachment, there is something you can work with. If they have it, then it's pretty good. I mean, that's a pretty small percentage. Yeah. But a disorganized attachment, to, to, to say that somebody has a disorganized attachment style, I mean, your experience with them certainly would be important, and I'm sure you'd hear that. Yeah. But you, what you would look for, given on a person's age, is what's their relationship history. And if similar things have happened each time they've been in a relationship, then you'd want to look at that. Yeah. But it's pretty extreme. So Disorganized attachment is... I love you one minute, I, r I run up to you, I throw my arms around you, and 20 minutes later I'm in a murder, murderous rage at you. 
and you didn't do anything in between. It almost sounds like a borderline. It's it's similar. It's similar. Yeah. So, and remember, borderline is a personality disorder. All personal personality disorders are a variation on an attachment theme. Mm -hmm. So, okay, you have this person, they're probably, as an adult, really struggling to soothe themselves, yes. to know who they are, to yes. know what they want. All these tasks. To get close to anybody, to trust anybody. What would it take for that person to make a relationship work? To make a relationship work, that person would have to get to the very courageous place where they thought it might be safe to try it. Mm -hmm. Okay, in other words, I feel so good about this person, I might risk just a little at first to see if they're going to leave me or if when they get to know me they're not going to like me. If they find out what I'm really like, they'll dump me. Mm -hmm. But if someone is patient and stays in the relationship and has some understanding of this person's life story, um, then there are people who will be able to make the leap. Mm -hmm. And I often ask people, what do you know about your partner's life story? Oh, not much. How come? Well, I didn't ask. Did she ask you about hers? Um, yeah, kind of. You know, so you're amazed about what, what, what things people don't know about each other. Get together, have a great time. But learn to know each other. Yeah. And in terms of relationships, dear God, it's life, it's life and death. Get to know them. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, really, it's the life or death of the relationship. Um, did, did you have any other points or anything else you wanted to talk about with disorganized that people should be aware of? Because I don't think people really understand it. Um, disorganized attachment means, and again, that can look like a mood disorder when it isn't at all. But if you feel differently about people every day, if I look at somebody and I see every day and say, oh yeah, I really like that person. And later in the day I say, well, they did one thing I didn't like. I don't like them anymore. People with a disorganized attachment disorder are all over the place. Kids are literally physically all over the place. Um, disorganized attached adults would live in different places all the time, have different jobs, um, even have different opinions some days, um, kind of be chron chronically anxious. Um, but there's nothing subtle about it. It, it involves activity and intensity. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, so that was an overwhelming amount of information, <laughs> I think. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say to the people watching that may be disorganized, attached, or have dated somebody that was? Yeah, all of this, of course, exists on a spectrum. But if you're in a relationship with an adopted person that fails, unfortunately, and you don't get back together, um, be aware that it may not be all your fault. I know I think most of us, when a relationship is failing, say, what did I do wrong, what did I do wrong? And certainly if you're working with an adopted person and you did everything you could, then you did everything you could. And it may not be your fault mm -hmm. at all. Yeah. And so, um, is it harder to get somebody that is disorganized attached back? Probably realistically. Probably a little bit. And it's going to depend, of course, as every every relationship does, on how things were, how long it was, etc., etc. Absolutely. But it certainly doesn't make it impossible. No. It, but you got to be realistic, gotta too. got to be realistic, yeah. Um, attachment is not this person's most comfortable area. Yeah. 
No, unfortunately, and it wasn't their fault. Some people speak about trauma, however, as you end up, if you come out of it okay, strong in the broken places. In other words, you might have worked, worked so hard on attachment now, you're an expert. Mm -hmm. That would help. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a good summary. And certainly any follow-up questions we'll be happy to entertain if sure. anybody wants to ask any further questions. They can put we'll the comments put in the, the, in the um, section below. We'll be glad to answer. And, you know, we'll, we'll start to look at them and answer them or yes. maybe do a follow-up video yeah. on this sure. in the future. Sure. Okay. All right. So that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And if you want to get my help personally, just go to my website, AskCraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coachings, Skype coachings, and emergency Skype coachings. But that's how you get a hold of me, and we will talk with you soon. Be well.